Hi, sisters. Welcome back to part two of our Amy Carmichael Woman of Faith series. We are going to be delving into her life and work in India and learning just about how we can glean from this beautiful woman of history and her faith and her tenacity and her love for God and for people and how we can take that and have and use it in our own lives and the callings and the gifts that God has given up us in the season in which we find ourselves in. And so I'm super excited for this teaching and I pray it blesses you as much as it's blessed me. Hi family, welcome to God's Word Transforming Lives. Are you wanting to learn the Bible verse by verse, one letter at a time, with real life application? then this podcast is for you. My name is Amy, and I have been teaching the Word of God to women for over 15 years now. I came out of some trauma from my childhood, and it left me feeling so empty. And after searching high and low with everything the world had to offer, I always came up short until I learned the Word of God for myself. And it was in that that I became transformed. So if you would like to be transformed by God's word, then stick around and let's do this together. Did you know I have a free sisterhood community of women just like you? Women who love Jesus and they love one another. They too are looking for that deeper walk with Christ and they love learning his word. If you pause right now and click the link below in the show notes, it'll take you right to the Facebook group. We look forward to getting to know you men and women that I'm studying in our church history and the amazing things that they did. And they did it in adversity. They did it in pain. They did it despite their circumstance. I think of Fanny Crosby that we did several weeks ago and she did it all blind. You know what I mean? Like God didn't have to heal her. She was used right how she was. And, and, and here we are, this woman that's in so much pain and, and going, has her own disability. It was incurable at the time. And so anyway, so she was called, so she felt called. She really wanted to go to China. She went to try to get into China and the missionary uh, alliance there would not let her in. They just said, you're too disabled. You're too sick. And we don't want you here um, in China to do the work. And so she thought, man, Lord, I really thought you wanted me to go to China. And so she kind of pulled back and did some more praying and just seeking the Lord and waited on his timing and a door to Japan opened up for her. And so she went to Japan and she was in Japan for about 15 months doing open air preaching, teaching the word of God and to, to children and women. And she um, ended up getting really sick by the, by the end of that tour, she, her body was just breaking down from the disease that she had had. And so she's like, man, I really don't want to leave the field. I want to stay here. I want to continue being a missionary, but I almost feel like I need to go home, but I'm going to try to stay here. But then somebody had passed away at home and she needed to go home anyway. So it ended up being God's providence that she went back to England for a season that strengthened back up in the body when she ended up going to India. And India is where she stayed. She never did return back to England. This would have been, this is where she stayed for the rest of her life. She ended up going to England or I'm sorry, India and started open air preaching, started um, immediately. She got right out there and just started open air preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ to this Hindu nation and women and people, women, especially were becoming 
um, born again, uh, widows, um, disabled women, women of the lower society, what they consider lower society, um, were, were hearing the gospel for the first time and they were becoming born again. And what was happening is they were, they were from these Hindu homes. And so the, the parents and the people in the home started persecuting them for denying the Hindu faith and going into Christianity. And so they had to leave. And so they started walking with Amy and Amy's like, oh my gosh, I have all these people, they need homes. And so she started housing them and taking care of them. One was a woman who ended up becoming, she was like a slave to her in-laws. Her, her um, husband had died and then they forced her into slavery in the home. And so Amy Carmichael, you know, took her under her wing. Another one, she had lost her arm. And so she only had one arm, she only had the one arm. And so she, you know, she took her in and then there was just a lot of, like I said, persecution. So there's a lot of different people that, that, um, she was really taking care of. She took care of the poor and the sick and the castaways and they were receptive to the gospel of Jesus Christ and hearing, hearing the gospel. And she was passionate, absolutely passionate about discipleship. Amy Carmichael firmly believed that if you profess Christ, that you needed to live a life that was sold out to him. She believed that he was not just our savior, that he is our Lord and our master. And that as Christians, we are to live a life based on biblical teachings. And so she would take these women out into the streets and um, show them how to evangelize to the lost and take them into the, the, you know, places where no one else wanted to go, the castaways, the sick, the poor, the, the, what you call whatever riffraff of society. And so they, Amy Carmichael and her group of women were getting a lot of persecution because they were the, this really upset the, the social lights that they would be willing to go into these populations where, no one should be going into these are, you know, kind of like Jesus, where he was sitting down with the tax collectors and, you know, have in, in, you know, with the drunkards and all of this stuff. And they even accused him of being that. And he's like, listen, this is who I came for. I came for the sick. I came for the demon possessed, the oppressed, the, those who need a physician, not the self-righteous who don't think they need anyone. And that's exactly Amy Carmichael's whole philosophy of Christianity was that she came for the, the the weak and the beggarly and those who Jesus came for. And that should be our heart too, that we are, we are saved to serve. We are saved to go and live out the gospel commission, to go and tell the good news and to love people right where they're at and to, and to disciple them in the word of God. She was passionate about teaching every convert the word of God for themselves. And then not only just to learn the word with the head knowledge, but to go and live it out by example, to go and be the church. Um, and so I just love that. I just, I really resonated with her. I resonated so much with the story um, in my own walk and the things that I've experienced and seen as well among the, the church culture and especially here in the West. And, you know, seeing something so different when I read the scriptures and wanting something different. And so I kind of, ha I have that in my book, be the church going beyond the pews. I talk about my own testimony and, and how, you know, God has called me personally to be the church and how that got birthed out. And so um, anyway, so she, as she's open air preaching, children are coming in the droves. So, so not only women and, and the, the castaways of society, but a lot of children are coming and they're hearing the gospel and they're, you know, and she starts receiving these children too. And so what was going on, which she didn't realize when she, when she went to India at the time was that 
children were were sacrificed to the the, the temple the the Hindu temples as not sacrificed as in well I mean I don't know about the death part of it I didn't really study that because I know in other cultures and in the past that has been a thing where they have sacrificed babies and and whatever but this particular story what they would do is parents or whoever in the home would take their children to the temple and literally hand them to the temple as a vow to their gods. So like one particular story would be like a widow and her husband died. And so she felt like the gods must be mad at her, that she must have sinned against the gods because the gods took her husband. So now she's going to sacrifice her child, take it to the temple, give, sign all the rights over to the temple with her child hoping to appease the gods that they will lift off the, 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 the anger uh, that they must have on her because she became a widow. And so this was just one of many stories, but what would happen is when they would send these children to these temples, they would sign over their rights, give the children over there, never to see their kids again as a sacrifice to the gods as a vow to them. And these girl, the girls would be trained up to become temple prostitutes, to be molested and, sex trafficked and that this was what was happening in india at the time and the and and so this was like the late 1800s early 1900s like right around there it's late 1800s the early 1900s and so what had happened is one day amy carmichael had her group of people that she had that she was discipling and that she that they were all living kind of together communally and and she was helping these people and they were off doing some evangelism working in one of the villages and she happened to come back early by God's providence. She wasn't supposed to be there. And this young girl named Prina, who was seven years old, she was dedicated to the temple and she was living in the temple to be trained up. And she was being trained up to be, be a prostitute, a child, a child prostitute for the temple. And she had ran away once and she ran back to her mom and her mom was like, no, like I, you got to go back to the temple. And so they had this girl like really under lock and key. Cause she was a pernicious girl. She was, she was trying to escape this place. And she had heard of this Amy Carmichael because she, Amy Carmichael was so persecuted by the townspeople. They started calling her child catching Missy child catching Missy to detour the children from going and listening to her gospel messages and her Bible studies. They wanted to, they tried to make the children think that she was a child snatcher and that she would hurt them. Well, somehow Prina heard about this woman that takes in children. And so she made another plan to escape this temple. And the temple has like really, really heavy wooden doors. They still do today. Like these temples, they're very heavy wooden doors. And the door happened to open oh so slightly. And before it closed, she was happened to able to escape out of this door and run. And she ran and ran and ran and ran until she ran into this woman and was like, take me to the child catching Missy. Take me to this woman who takes in children. She didn't care if the rumors were true that this lady was like kidnapping kids to her living in that was better than living in prostitution and being a sex slave. And so she, Amy had just come back into town early. This girl was presented to her and Amy said it was a divine connection. She knew it was God because this is what opened her eyes up 
that there was more going on than just the Hindu religion, but there was this whole sex slave industry going on in the temples with these children, and they did it in the name of religion. And that became a passion of Amy Carmichael. She knew at that moment exactly what she was called to do. And though she was obviously involved in different types of ministry, that became her focus. And she became a social advocate in India um, and was heavily persecuted because she was making it known to the governments and whatnot that this was wrong and this was not okay. She ends up taking Prina under her her wings. Prina ends up calling her mom. She was like a daughter to her and she trained her up. And they ended up starting, there were so many children they were rescuing out of the temples. There were so many other women that were being rescued out of the persecution of Hinduism. And they were just growing as a ministry that they ended up, she ended up starting the Donovue home. And this Donovue home was a respite for children. They even had their uh, uh, one section just for boys that were also, uh, you know, living in poverty or persecuted or uh, prostituted or sick. they She started a hospital within there where people could come and, and get medical care because there was so much disease and so much sickness that they, she was losing a lot of people. A lot of the Christians within her own group were dying from disease and because of poor hospital care. And so she ended up having a hospital wing. She had a place for widows, just this beautiful, basically outreach center called the Donovue. And she, she just became this light Christ in this part of the community in India. Well, one night she wanted it in the summertime, she wanted to get the people up out of like the city and into the mountains because it gets really, really, really hot in India. And so they were, she was having some people build some bungalows um, for them to go and stay for the summer. So it could be a little bit cooler. And one day in the evening, she went out there to, um, inspect the building process. And she happened to fall into this terrine and broke her leg. And unfortunately she, it, it broke her leg. They thought that she'd be able to recover, but she never did. And she became an invalid at that point, never really able to leave her bedroom, um, hardly able to leave the bed because she could not walk anymore. You know, she could have gotten down on that. Like, man, I was doing all this work and I've got all these things. But the thing was, she never saw it that way. She knew that she still had a purpose and a plan by God. And so even in her her bed, being confined to her bed, confined to her bedroom, she wrote 37 books in her, in her lifetime. 13 of those books were written in that 20 year span. So for an, she was an invalid for 20 years, it confined basically to her room. And so she thought, if I can't be out there on the field, I'm going to write about it. I'm going to teach people. I'm going to present the gospel any way I can. And so she wrote and wrote and wrote and her books are still available to this day and still blessing people and her story. And then all those women that she discipled up ended up taking the task and, and moving forward. And they, they kept discipling and they took the passion and the mission. They stayed alongside of her and she still helped direct them and pray with them and, and teach the word to them. And so she, even though she became bedbound, she was still used by God. She didn't see it as, oh man, God, I did all this work for you. And then you're going to break my legs and make me, you know, she said, okay, I'm going to take this circumstance and I'm still going to serve you. I'm, I'm going to be content in all situations. I'm going to be content whether I abase or abound, whether I am humbled, like Paul says in Philippians 4, or whether I am out there able to do the work physically with you, Lord, I am going to be content 
count it all joy and still be used by you. Still to this day, the Donahue house is open and running in India. Uh, the, the women had went on to serve the ones that she had discipled. The children had grew up and they were discipled. And, and now the grandchildren are overseeing the Donovan home. The grandchildren of Prina, the seven-year-old that was sent to her by God, the, the widow that was a slave girl, the one with the one arm, like their grandchildren are now doing the work. India also outlawed temple prostitution in 1948. So through the work of Amy Carmichael and her making it her mission to expose this evil and this darkness, they ended up outlawing the prostitution. She did pass away in 1951. She was, I think, 84 years old when she passed away, 83 years old when she passed away. And so she did get to see the, the, them outlawing it um, in 1948, and she, she passed away in 1951. One of the quotes that she quoted that I just loved was, she said, missionary life is simply a chance to die. She was willing to die. She was willing to give up everything for the call of Jesus Christ. You know, she did. She gave up everything. She gave up her home country. She never got married, never had physical children, though she had many spiritual children. Because she wanted to get to her savior and hear, well done, my good and faithful servant. Now, that doesn't mean if you get married, have children, you're not going to hear that. I already said that. That is the greatest job and the greatest call that you could have as a wife and a mother to raise up the next generation, to be that Proverbs 31 woman. She is so beautiful and so undervalued, honestly. And so often, you know, we think, oh, I'm not out doing these great things. You are doing the greatest thing. You are doing the call of God. So never discount that. And you're serving your church. I pray that you're serving your church and you're serving the women of your church and the children of your church, that you you are that tightest woman, that you're either being discipled up by an older woman or you're an older woman discipling up other women and hearing that call to do so. And that is, and that is our job. And it is a beautiful call. So even if we're not in India or China or Japan, you know, or England, right here, we can make a difference as women to hear that call and say, Lord, I want, when I get to that day, that great day, when I get to see you face to face and all my works get tested by the fire, I pray that it turns into precious stones, that it turns into gold and silver. And these, and I can lay them at your feet, these rewards that you are going to give me. And I pray that the work that I'm doing isn't just, you know, meaningless or that I'm out there just doing it so that I can be seen or I can be heard. And that's just going to be burn up like hay and stubble in the fire and no reward will be given. And that is the prayer for all of us, ladies, that, you know, whatever season you find yourself in, whether you're single, whether you're married with children, whether you're an empty nester or a senior or even a teenager, maybe you're still in high school and whatever, we have these gifts and these talents and this call by God to go and use these gifts to touch the lives of others, to love the least of these, to preach the gospel to every creature to tell people about this beautiful savior who came and died for them, who will transform their lives. That doesn't mean we'll not have hardships and, and persecutions or sickness and death. Amy Carmichael experienced all of that, but she never wavered in her faith and she never gave up and she never, she counted it all joy and was content in every situation, trusting in the sovereignty of God. 
trusting in who her savior was and willing to lay everything down to serve him the way he has called her to. Her call was to, at one time, it was to the children and and, and and discipling the children of her neighborhood. And that's what she did. And then other times it was overseas and the call to women and then children and then building hospitals and, and these things that she did. Her call was unique. Your call is unique, but you are called. If you are a child of God, if you know the Lord as your savior, then he is your Lord. And you are called to serve him biblically, to love the way that he loved and to live as he lived in whatever season and circumstance you find yourself in. That biblical order of having that personal relationship with God first. Amy Carmichael was devoted to personal prayer, was devoted to personal time in the word. And then she devoted herself to the ministry of the gospel. When she was younger and at home, she devoted herself to her mom who had become a widow and her siblings and was devoted to the home and taking care of the home and helping her mom and siblings. And then from there, she went out into the neighborhoods, the highways and the byways and gathered in all the children, gathered in anyone that would listen and taught them the word of God. And then from there, she was called overseas. And so whatever season you find yourself in, you are called. And so I just want to pray with you, Lord, I thank you for every sister who's listening to this podcast and maybe a couple of brothers too, that may be listening. And I just want to pray for them, pray for us to just know the call in which you have on our lives to recognize the gifts and the talents in which you've given us and that they are to be used for the body of Christ. And they're to be used to edify the body, to lift up the body, to exhort the body, to serve the body, and also to get out there and tell the lost about this beautiful God, this amazing God who loves us so much. He came and he died for us. He shed his very own blood that we would be set free from our sin and that we can be born again and given a new nature and this new relationship with Jesus Christ, with our God who created us, and then to have a life that we can live served out for you, Lord, whatever that looks like, whatever season that is, God, whether we are married, single, young, older, Father, you have a place for everybody, whether we're disabled, whether we're sick, whether we are, it doesn't matter if we're rich or we're poor, you have a place for us in the body of Christ. Help us to see that. Help us to surrender to it, to submit to it, to not be so easily distracted by this world that's constantly pulling us all over the place, the, for the shiny objects that have us just being pulled here and pulled there, causing us to not spend our time, talent, and treasure serving our glorious Savior the way that we should and we, the way that we're called to. Father, let us not neglect what you've called us to do and let us be content in whatever season you have us in, wherever you have us, in whatever you've called us to do, let us be content in that. And thank you, Lord, that you do see us and that you do love us and that you will use all of our weaknesses for your glory and that we are strong by you. It's your strength in our weakness that helps us and carries us through what you've called us to do, Father. And I thank you for um, just 
loving us and showing us grace and mercy as we are on this faith journey. And oftentimes I know for myself, I feel like I fail so many times and yet you're still with me. You're still helping me. You're still teaching me and growing me and showing me. And I thank you for that, Lord. And so be with the people that are hearing this, Lord, touch their lives, touch their homes, their marriages, their, their children, their lost loved ones, Father, touch their, their churches that they go to, touch their finances, God, bless their bodies, Lord, if they do need healing, I pray for healing, God, because you do heal, you do heal, God, and you, you always, one thing Amy Carmichael would say was God always answers, sometimes it's yes, sometimes it's no, and sometimes it's wait, and there were times in her life where the answer was no, but you still worked through it, but there are times when the answer is yes as well. And so, Father, I thank you that we can trust in in you and in your sovereignty. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you guys. Until next time. Family, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If it has blessed you in any way, would you give me 30 seconds and share it with a friend of yours? One more small little favor, if you would. Head over to whatever podcast source you're listening to this on and give me a five-star review. That would be so great. It helps get the episodes out there to other people who may be wanting to learn God's word. Again, don't forget guys, until next time, it is a crockpot faith, not a microwave. With God's word, discipleship, and patience, you too will be transformed for his good work. Grace and peace, I leave with you until next time.